This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Well, go check me, boo. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today it is just me. I'm taking some time off this week, but luckily I am recording early. I got a chance to watch the episode of Salt Lake City, so we have plenty to talk about with that. But before we get into it, we've got some other things going on. First of all, we got news today from an exclusive report in People written by our good friend Dave Quinn that Brielle and Ariana Bierman will return to reality TV with a show about being, quote, cut off from famous parents. (sighs) These two really fancy themselves something more than... I don't I, I I don't know. The Bierman family has never really done it for me. That might be putting it lightly. I don't really like them. I never was into Don't Be Tardy. When Kim came back on Atlanta a few seasons back, you know, it it had its moments. She does bring some entertainment value to housewives. I can I can accept that. But, like, I never have been a a fan of Kim and everything that's kind of going on with that whole operation. And lately, there's been some some news in terms of the Zolziak-Bierman clan. Reportedly, their house in Atlanta that we've seen on TV for all these years is being foreclosed. Okay, I don't know a lot about real estate. I feel like we've talked about this in the past. Like, I don't know about mortgages and a home equity refinance. All of those words are just words to me. I mean, I know what a mortgage is, don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know kind of, I would be stressed if I had to navigate that. I'll just say But, you know, these things are sometimes a matter of public record. And it was reported last week that not only was Kim's house being foreclosed, but that it was sold at auction for, I think, $257,000, which is not a lot of money. If you have seen that house, if you, I mean, it's a big, nice house. It's in presumably a, you know, nice suburb of Atlanta. I don't know. I have family in Atlanta and I still don't know all the different areas. I've had it explained to me like where all the housewives live in comparison to everything else. It's confusing. If you know more about Georgia geography than I do, don't tell me. Just go vote in that uh, Senate runoff in in December. I I don't need to know about Kim's property value. I just need to, uh, I need your assurance that you're going to be voting in the Senate runoff. But anyway, Kim hopped on Instagram the other day, posting a video in the, I was going to say in the lobby of their house. That sounds wrong. In the foyer area, I guess. Basically being like, my house isn't getting sold for now $257,000. I'll leave when I want to leave. Uh, You know, so you'll see me around. And it's like, 
I don't think that she, this was obviously meant as like a clap back at the idea that her house is being, is in foreclosure and is being sold at auction for this low amount. But I don't think she ever actually quite said, this is a lie. It's not happening. I think there's a subtle art that I would imagine somebody like Kim has gotten very good at because when you don't like telling the truth, but you also don't like to lie, there's this kind of in-between thing you can do where you clap back at something that is true, but unflattering in a way that is like, well, you know, if I was, I'm not going to leave this house until I'm ready. And it's like, okay, well, maybe it was just foreclosed and you're going to say a week from now that you're ready to leave, though you might not have a choice in the matter. Like, I think that Kim believes a lot of her own bullshit, but in this case, I'm like, push is going to come to shove. And I don't think that there would be this kind of evidence of foreclosure if there wasn't any kind of truth to it. Like, where there is smoke, there is fire. And it's not just smoke that's like, oh, I heard from a person who knows a person who's talked to a person who said that Kim's having money problems. It's like the the writing is more or less on the wall. And now it's just a matter of where it pans out. But anyway, uh, back to what the Beerman sisters have, what they're cooking up. So here is what people has to say about this show. Um, they reveal that they're working on a new reality TV series that follows the pair as they leave behind their lives of luxury in Atlanta. Again, who knows? And their celebrity parents, Kim and Croy, for a move to Los Angeles where they hope to launch their own line of hair care products. Produced by Magilla, Magilla Entertainment, who, um, wow, their illustrious resume includes TLC's I Love a Mama's Boy and Discovery's Moonshiners. Uh, it's being developed on the working title Cut Off. Because, of course, Kim and Croy will no longer be financially supporting Brielle and Ariana when the sisters head to the City of Angels. Quote, skeptical of their ability to fend for themselves and take their new venture seriously, Kim plans to put her girls to the test by completely cutting them off. For the first time in their lives, the sisters will have to pay their own bills, live on a budget, do their own laundry, and cook and clean, all while staying out of trouble. But with the help of their friends, the Beerman duo will have to rely on each other to see if they have what it takes to make it on their own. I mean, where do we start? First of all, I posted this on bravo by betches is it technically being cut off if your parents just are broke like if mommy's money ran out it's not really a decision to cut you off it's like simply we can't use that credit card anymore because if the money's not there you can't cut off a fire hydrant that's not connected to the water you know i don't know but also it's like brielle is 25 years old I'm not that amused by the idea that she's going to be figuring out how to pay a bill. And there's nothing wrong with getting support from your parents, but like most people aren't going to be like throwing a party and getting a TV show when they're no longer supported by their parents when they're 25 years old. Like congratulations on finding your way to adulthood in some small way. But then also, they're working on a hair care line. Like, first of all, I kind of thought they already had hair care. But then I realized that they already have makeup because they have that cab cosmetics thing, which I haven't heard about in a minute. And then they also have, they did a swimwear thing called Salty K, 
which like again what are, all of these sound like knockoff kardashian brands but so hair care i guess it makes sense i mean they have a lot of hair but it's not all theirs we the Zolciak Bierman family famously likes to go to that hair lady Chrissy, who's like in Arizona, and they were people were flying to her. All the bachelor girlies go to her too. They were flying there in the middle of the pandemic to get their hair done. And it's like those extensions that look like you're trying to be Rapunzel. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if I were a normal person, not flying across the country, spending thousands of dollars on my hair or, you know, getting it for free if I post on Instagram. I'm not sure that's who I would be buying my hair products from. Somebody who's jumping through all those hoops. I'm like, if I feel like I would want to buy my hair products from somebody who I really believe just like takes a shower and then kind of gets ready at home and has great hair. Paying $2,000 for Hair by Chrissy to do your extensions in Arizona in the middle of the pandemic. Like, I don't think you have great hair. I think you paid a lot of money for the hair that you wanted, which, you know, if you like that look good for you, but I don't know. Anyway, I, I feel like I strongly won't be watching this. If you feel differently, let me know because assuming this show premieres someday i'm gonna have to decide whether i want to watch it and talk about it again i feel like the answer is no but if if i get a million dms or something or a lot of five-star reviews telling me that you care about brielle and ariana maybe i will be swayed before we get into salt lake one other order of business i just want to say congratulations to kyle fillion our uh below deck med stew this season who got engaged in south africa the photos are beautiful I've met his lovely fiance, Zachary. I'm very happy for them. Congratulations, Kyle, fellow uh, former podcast guest. He's been in the Betches studio. Congratulations. Can't wait to see your love story continue. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, without further ado, let's get into Salt Lake City because there was a lot happening on this episode. Oh, boy. We leave off 
at Heather Gay's choir auditions, I really feel like Heather Gay's choir auditions, it's one of my favorite group events that we've had on Bravo in a while because it's so, it's so silly, the occasion for which everybody is connected, but everybody shows up. There are multiple layers of drama happening. There's comedy happening. It's so ridiculous, but also rooted in these issues that are real and that are unfolding throughout the season. And it just, it checks every box. It's one of the first times, maybe the first time, I can't remember if both Dana and Angie Kay were at ski day. Maybe they were, but it's the first time that we're really getting all of the friends of and the full cast this season kind of all participating in a way. And so that's exciting because, you know, we have a small cast of housewives this season, only, only the five OGs. And we knew we had these three friends of coming in, but other than a little bit of Angie Harrington last season, we didn't really know what to expect from this extended group dynamic. And Angie Katzenevis is really coming on strong this week and really taking up for Jen Shaw. And I thought that was an interesting angle to enter the group in. And the fact that we're getting, you know, some Angie on Angie crime, (laughs) I'm here for it. I, I think I said last week and I stand by Angie Harrington is doing the most in a way that I think is productive for the show. I wouldn't trust her as far as I could, uh, throw her in her, you know, leotard, outfit <laughs> but i i appreciate that she is clocking in doing the work defending this her husband from something that you know seems sort of indefensible but it, yeah we <laughs> so dana and angie k are kind of like talking about angie h i i can't decide like and the angie angie thing how, like how do we talk about it i'm like do i just call them like Katz and Evis and Harrington, like that. <laughs> it sounds like I'm telling some like English fairy tale. And then Harrington was in her leotard. Uh, <laughs> and Katz and Evis was explaining to Harrington why Lisa didn't give her the time of day at the ski day. Now I'm just reading my notes in this like bizarre Peter Rabbit accent. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. But Angie Harrington seems to be kind of trying to take this middle ground of wishy-washiness when it comes to the Finsta account that her husband made. She's kind of saying she didn't know about it. She's saying that, you know, she wasn't involved in it, that she's never made a fake account. But then Angie Katzenevis is saying, well, she was liking all of these comments that the Shaw exposed account was leaving like 30 seconds after they were posted, which would make you think that she and her husband were essentially doing this together, or at the very least that she was aware of it and kind of filled in on what he was commenting on, where he was posting all of this stuff. And so I I feel like Angie Harrington knows obviously that this account is a bad look, but we can't really settle on one specific version of what she knew and when and how involved she was and how sorry she is because, you know, Whitney is finding out about this Finsta thing for the first time at choir auditions, which I didn't realize from last week that she, that this wasn't common knowledge within the group yet, but 
Whitney's standing there in her matching outfit with Angie. They've prepared this whole song and dance number to the Saints when the Saints go marching in. And Whitney's like, now I feel really icky and silly being here in a matching costume. Her whole demeanor kind of changes. And Angie's acting still like she didn't even know about this account. And, you know, I kind of understand why Jen freaks out when she sees Angie there and when Angie is kind of downplaying how big of a deal this is. Because whether or not you are on Jen's side in really anything this season, and I certainly am not team Jen when it comes to her being held accountable for all of the legal issues that it, you know, some of which she's pled guilty to, a lot of which it really seems like she was in the wrong. So I'm not like team Jen in the sense of thinking that she shouldn't be going through a hard time because of this. But I do think that it's understandable why she's so upset at Angie Harrington for kind of not seeming to really give much of a shit that her husband is out here causing more problems. I think it's the kind of thing where if I were in this situation, if I decided I didn't want to be friends with Jen anymore because I didn't want to be associated with her, that's one thing. But you don't need to be out here going through these weird, shady strategy type of things to make her look worse than she already does. And it does feel like the Harrington family has participated in some weird underneath the surface shit that it's like, why are you, why are you so obsessed with Jen? Jen is at this point facing trial now likely going to prison. There's no need for you to be out here digging things up or exposing anyone or making comments to make it worse. It's like, it's, it's already bad, you know? Like it's, as Heather says, Jen Shaw is in a washing machine of turmoil because of her indictments, not because she's getting trolled by Chris Harrington online. But the thing is, while Heather seems to think that makes it not such a big deal, to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, she's already in the washing machine. Why is Chris Harrington like making it worse? It's strange because I've been so negative on Jen in terms of the legal situation. But I think when you look at it, when you go from the personal angle, it's like, yeah, if you're going to be involved with this group and you're not going to choose to just fully distance yourself from Jen or say that you don't want to be associated with her, then you kind of have to commit to that decision a little bit and at the very least just kind of leave it alone because she doesn't you know she's talking to coach later and she's like i don't need this coach is you know freaking out she's saying that it affects all of them which it does you know he still has his career and all of this stuff going on i don't know it's like i almost feel a little bit bad for jen and then i'm like i feel worse for the old ladies she conned what a fun show we have to talk about here (laughs)
Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Meanwhile, Lisa uh, goes in for her audition. She actually sounds okay. Better than last episode, for sure. Away in a manger, no crib for his bed. That's all I know of the song. But what a banger. It, it is interesting to see Heather actually uh, really appreciate Lisa showing up because I thought Heather was going to be angry that Lisa kind of a little bit crashed her event. But when Lisa's like, I'm here to support Heather, Heather, you know, like it or not, Heather is going to take things like that at face value. And she's like, that is, that's a really lovely gesture that Lisa would show up to support my thing. And you know, it's the first step to emotional repair. And then things go south because after apparently we've gotten all the singing out of the way, everybody is gathering again in the lobby of this theater and Angie Harrington is sitting on Heather's lap. Jenna's like, she might as well be breastfeeding her because they're like cuddled up on the couch together. And I got to say, I love Heather, but what are Jen and Lisa really supposed to think when Angie and her husband have been out here causing trouble for them on purpose specifically? And Heather knows this now and clearly has no real inclination to in any way, you know, step back from her relationship with Angie Harrington. I don't, I don't think Heather is helping herself out. And I think it's a little strange from a strategy standpoint that she seems to be kind of hitching her wagon, her pioneer ancestor wagon to Angie Harrington and not to the two women who have been on this show since day one. And I think are some of the top kind of top tier, I would say uh, in this cast, I feel like right now, obviously Jen might go bye-bye after this season, but I feel like right on this season, kind of the three 
big players, biggest players are Heather, Lisa, and Jen. And so it's it's surprising to me that Heather is kind of choosing to prioritize whatever thing she has going on with Angie Harrington over making Jen feel valued in their friendship, trying to work towards something with Lisa. Because then later in this episode, we see Lisa and Whitney just getting closer. And all that serves to do is to drive more of a wedge between Whitney and Heather. And so in the course of one episode, you almost see Heather kind of distancing herself from three of the five women or three. I mean, she's one of the five. So three of the four other full-time women on the cast. And for what? For Angie? That seems like a weird, uh, seems like a weird bargain to make considering this is a woman who's now on her second season as a friend of, and even with them losing two cast members between season two and season three, Angie was not able to snatch that snowflake and it kind of seems like perhaps she never will. I don't know. At the same, like, I don't think that Heather necessarily needs to grovel to Lisa Barlow, but I do think, you know, it's, she's not a bad person to be friends with in, in the terms of the show. But, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. Meredith is not really in this episode too much. We see the scene of her and Seth in the tub, which like I would, I would join in that tub in a heartbeat. I might ask Meredith to leave uh, so it could, so Seth and I could have some alone time, but you know, they're just kind of talking about how Heather's in the middle between Jen and Angie. Seth suggests that Heather, Jen and coach Shaw could all get in the tub and they could work it out together. Seth always a little bit pervy. (laughs) He loves to take it there. But yeah, that's kind of Meredith's only real only real moment this episode. So we can just move right along to Heather's new beauty lab location. Looks great. Lisa and John go to dinner. Surprise, surprise. They have Vita. I <laughs> it is funny. I don't know if things are just a little different in Salt Lake, because I know that drinking culture and alcohol rules there are different. But never have I walked into a restaurant and been like name dropping an alcohol. And she says that the waiter doesn't even know that they own Vita, which then would make it even more strange that she's like, well, I definitely want a Vita cocktail. Imagine walking into a restaurant and your waiter's like, hey, what can I get you to drink? And you're like, well, I definitely want to try one of those Cattle One cocktails. They'd be like, okay, do you want like a Moscow Mule vodka martini just like a vodka soda i mean we have some cocktails with vodka on the menu if you want them made with kettle one we can do that you that's not how you order a drink and then he's like well that's she chooses the one she wants he's like oh that's one of our best sellers it's like okay i i (laughs) like what is the relationship between vita and these restaurants they're going to that's just not how people order order drinks you don't just say the alcohol brand and then that's like you're like no i want a tequila cocktail and then you could specify which tequila i don't i mean it's not important (laughs) but yeah lisa lisa wants to work on her relationship with god which is cool you know she's taking on a lot of stress from her sisters who are getting divorced and john basically just wants her to get better at kind of 
building a little bit of a wall. So their emotions don't affect her as much. And she's not taking on their stuff, which I think is good advice in general. You know, these, these husband and wife scenes, this episode, I gotta be honest, are a little boring. Cause then we see Jen and coach. She's filling him in on what happened. He gets mad about Chris Harrington. She calls herself the Polynesian Ryan Seacrest. Heather did send flowers to Jen after the choir auditions. But obviously this was after Heather had kind of chosen to be closer with Angie Harrington at the auditions. Again, I think Heather is making some weird calculations here. And I know that she and Jen in real time have still been friends with each other. Maybe now because Jen has fewer friends after the guilty plea, but it's like, girl, you're, uh, you're kind of putting yourself out on an island here. Because then when Lisa and Whitney hang out, they're playing basketball with their kids. And then Lisa's like, Whitney's like, I brought skitters. Our kids can just go on the skitters while we sit on the blanket and talk. And, you know, they're they're talking about what's going on with Heather. And Lisa is bringing up the, the thing about Heather's dad again. And she's now saying that she only brought up Heather's dad's obituary and the circumstances surrounding his death because Heather brought it up. And she never would have gone there if Heather didn't go there. So Heather's father's death should have been off limits to Heather. And then it would have been off limits to Lisa. And I guess, I guess that makes sense. I do think it's a little weird to be policing what Heather wants to talk about in regards to her dad's death. But then also it's like, yeah, she did she did call you a liar and you were defending yourself. I think the, the nature of the defense felt a little icky, like retweeting the obituary thing, but I think it's just kind of a lose, lose situation. This whole thing with, with Heather's dad, because then at the end of the episode, when Whitney goes over to Heather's house, they're talking more generally about some stuff. And Whitney feels like Heather wasn't there for her with all the stuff she's been going through with her past trauma and then with Justin losing his job. Heather says she had no idea that Justin lost his job. And Whitney's like, well, first of all, how did you not know that? That's the dinger, the dinger. That's a new one for me. That's the dinger right there that you didn't even know because you haven't been paying attention to me. And Heather's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not like listening to all the gossip but I don't know unless you tell me things. And they're kind of, they're kind of stuck in this loop where like Whitney's like, you don't ask me about what's going on in my life. And Heather's like, well, you don't tell me what's going on in your life. And I, I think they both could be approaching this conversation better, but then where it really goes downhill is when they bring up the Lisa thing. And I think rightfully so, Heather feels like Whitney is kind of taking Lisa's side in this whole thing. And basically in this conversation is sort of being Lisa's moderator a little bit. Like Lisa's not there. So Whitney is going to play devil's advocate and basically explain Lisa's side of things where Heather just wants Whitney to be there for Heather and wants her to kind of just go along with it and listen. And Whitney has chosen, I think Whitney this season more than in the past has kind of chosen to forge her own path within the group. 
And she doesn't really seem to have an agenda when it comes to her and Heather staying friends. And I think going into this meeting, Heather is like, Whitney and I haven't been as close and I want to fix that. And I want to bring bad weather back. We need a tornado. It's been fair skies too long. I don't think Whitney actually is really considering that. I don't think she is seeing this as something that she needs to be thinking about and should be repairing. She's kind of just in it for herself, which can be a a valid way to go about your life. And she is going through a lot. You know, the stuff with her past is obviously really traumatic for her to be going through. The stuff with Justin, of course, she feels a lot of pressure as the sole provider for her family now. So I think maybe in terms of what she's going through in her life, it's a good time for her to be prioritizing herself and kind of not putting someone else's happiness first or putting a friendship above what she needs to do for her family or for herself. But I think I think she and Heather are both kind of contributing to things deteriorating between them. Because I think Heather is not really not quite owning her part in Whitney's feelings. I think she could have been, she could have been more attentive. She could have been more supportive. And then I think Whitney is kind of choosing not to make those allowances for Heather the way that she could, or that she maybe has in the past. And so I think it's, it's kind of a two sided downfall of this friendship for now. And you know, at the end of the episode, Heather storms off into the back room, slams the door. Then she opens the door and tosses her mic back out. And this is, it's very, uh, very last season Lisa Barlow, except we don't, we don't quite get the alleged hot mic moment, but it does feel like a big, uh, like a big turning point in the relationship between Whitney and Heather, because up until now, when they've had their issues, they've always been kind of little hills to get over and this feels like a mountain and based on what we've seen of girls trip three how they were at BravoCon, they have not figured out how to get over this mountain yet or maybe even whether they really truly want to at this point whether they want to both put in the work to get to a better place you know you can decide that somebody is not you know worth it at least at that point in time so I'll be curious to see over the course of the rest of this season, because we're still probably only maybe a third, less than half of the way through the season. And so with Whitney and Heather kind of getting to a new low this week, we've got a long way to go. And it makes me nervous because, you know, I like both of them. But it is what it is. Anyway, thank you for listening. We will not be doing a Winter House episode tomorrow, but we will be back, of course, next week with lots more content. So make sure to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Batches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter.
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.